Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Two, and boom. And we're back again. We're back once again. With the Christmas a special episode. Christmas Day episode of the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. That's right. So it all worked out. You were sick over the weekend. Yep. And kind of stands anyways. We just recorded on, when did we record? Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday night, so... It's almost a week later, Tuesday Tuesday now, so... Yeah. Works out pretty good. Got a couple more things to talk about, so... Yeah. Anyways, well, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Yeah, man. Glad you could come over and mm-hmm. do the gift exchange. You armed my kid with Nerf guns and darts. <laughs> I figured that was a pretty, like, degenerate uncle gift. No, it was awesome, man. I love those things, so... Yeah. We've had some Nerf guns before, so it was... Uh, yeah, and it was funny, because you came over and you saw... He'd already gotten, uh, Z had gotten a couple from my sister last night. And so, yeah, the house is well armed. I had to pass out goggles before we started doing the podcast. I'm like, look, we're starting to shoot at each other. 
Those things shoot hard, they shoot harder man. Than you think, dude. Hard enough. Yeah. Like you want some goggles on. Yeah. You if you were to get hit in the eye. Yeah. If you were to get hit in the eye with one of those, you know it. Yeah. It's it would not, suck. It's gonna suck. Yeah. So I know, man. Z was shooting me with the that automatic one that you got him. And I was like, damn, this thing... It comes at you fast. They sting just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Like, you you know you're getting hit. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, those things are fun. That's what I thought. I was at the <laughs> store shopping. I was going to get him some Lego stuff. And yeah, my little kid, in the inner little kid popped out. I was just walking up and down the toy aisles. I was like, what else we got? Yeah. And I saw and I came into the Nerf gun section. <laughs> Dude, it's a section. And I was like, oh, this is sweet. Oh, yeah. Did you was, see, like, they got sniper rifles? <laughs> oh, yeah. You can get pretty serious. Yeah. I think some of those things are like four foot long, dude. Mm-hmm. They're huge. Yeah, they're like legit. Yeah. Like, you know, getting as close to a rifle as you can <laughs> and shooting an air dart. So I got all excited in that aisle. I was like, all right, this is the route we're going. Yeah, and I thought it was hilarious that you got Shiloh a pair of guns. I knew she, I knew you know, a 13-year-old girl's not going to be that excited about Nerf guns. But I could not leave her completely unarmed. Right, right, right. It's the sad. logic is awesome. <laughs> with a little savage little brother running around with a with an automatic, automatic nerf version. gun. Like, She's at least yeah, got to be somewhat something prepared. that she yeah. can shoot back at. Yeah, so. but yeah, no, we've had some uh, nerf gun wars over the years. I mean, very limited. We've had like three guns, only two and a half of them worked, and uh, you know, like maybe you know, two dozen darts. So we're all like reusing and looking for darts and someone would try to hoard some darts and no one's got them. But, uh, yeah, now we're loaded. Got 140 extra darts. And <laughs> I got you a package of extra darts. Your sister got a package. Yeah. Yeah. We got five guns and yeah, we're ready to go. So yeah. Thanks man. Appreciate that. Not so yeah. And you got me a sweet book, man. Eugene Sandow, the original. The original, man. The original when was, print. Was, I, I kept, I forgot what the date. This thing was published in, this is the original version published in 19, where was it? I was looking at it. 18, 18 something or 19 something? Oh, right here. 1894. Yes. That's how old this book is. 1894. That's pretty sweet, years dude. Old, yeah. That is super yeah, I can't, like, I came across this. Literally, like like this past January, February. Yeah. Just like almost just after last Christmas. Huh. I'm not sure. I can't even remember how I came across it. And I was like, dude, that is. It's one of those things like you you would never buy it for yourself. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like you're just not gonna unless yeah. you're like a serious collector. Yeah. But it's, I thought it was kind of cool for a gift. Fuck yeah, yeah. man. No, I, I'm I'm pumped old. on that. The thing's pretty brittle. I may have. Uh, I I think I've read the digital version because i went through a period where i was reading like all like all the old time strongman books i could find on kindle and uh but yeah no the the print version and the pictures in it and all that i mean it was funny man you open right up to him and he's got a, a fucking mace uh in some of the pictures and it's uh so anyways i'm definitely gonna re-read it very gently gently but yeah go through it again and just kind of check it out it's funny like all the pictures in there for some reason or another like he's naked except for a leaf over his junk yeah (laughs) i don't know why they felt that was the need yeah for those photos well i mean on some level like they were studying those guys like that's how you would you know like the bodies exhibit at the you know kind of the, the same concept i mean the you gotta remember like science was still pretty young back then and they're you know didn't have a lot of the other 
techniques and shits that we do today. So having some duties like ripped and got well-defined muscles, so you can kind of see like, okay, this is how these things line up. So that was actually a pretty common thing for them to do with like the strong men and, and stuff back then. But uh, yeah, by today's standards, you're looking at it and you're like, what is going on here? Like they could not put like a pair of shorts on this dude, like literally naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, from uh, just, you know, uh, looking at, dude, what is it? it? It says it in the beginning. I'm gonna grab the book. It's fucking, it's awesome. I'll probably refer to it. It's a study in the perfect type of the human form. So like that's like that's what these guys were all about. Like back in the the old the, the it's actually like the original fitness craze in this country. Yeah, because there wasn't very many people walking around that looked like him. No, no, not not to that like degree. No, and again, like Eugene Sandow, for people that don't know, like that's who the. Uh, um, Mr. Olympia trophy. Yep. That's him. Like he modeled after him. He's a very famous old time strong man and bodybuilder. And the book, you know, th that he wrote was one of the first books on kind of how to, the, the whole thing. It, it's funny because it was all spurred by a lot of the shit that we talk about, which is that you had a, it was the industrial revolution. So you had a lot of people who were switching from living on farms to going to cities. And along with that, you had the effects of um, not moving around, like a, a more sedentary lifestyle. And so they're already starting to see the effects on society, the health effects and all this stuff, way back in the 1890s, 1880s, when they were writing these books. And that's what they were trying to do is say like, hey, you know, here's what you can do. Uh, and but before then, there was never really a need for it. Like that's why this is some of the original stuff that we, we would consider like fitness uh, stuff because before then it was like, dude, well, you don't exercise. Everyday you, life was... Everyday life was exercise. Yeah. You worked on a fucking farm. If you didn't work on a farm, like part of leisure as a, you know, a rich person, aristocrat, whatever you were, was learning... Uh, you, you did shit. You, you know, boxing, wrestling, learning combat skills, like a lot of that stuff, horse riding, hunting, you know, those things were still part of, uh, you know, their life as well. So there was no go to the gym and do three sets of 10 with the dumbbells. Like literally dumbbells and barbells didn't exist before these guys. Like what we think of as, as barbells and dumbbells, like selectorized uh, dumbbells and like the, the plates. Cause a lot of the stuff that he was doing his shit with were the, the, the ones that were like, that had big like balloons on each end. And those are different animals than your more compact, like weight bait, weight plate based uh, Barbell. barbells. Yeah. But it's easier to change the weight with those. And, you know, there was a lot of things like that's why they invented what we think of as barbells and dumbbells. It weren't the, because they were better actually than like the what they were using. It was because it was more convenient and easier for them trying to sell them to the public to sell them fitness because they were seeing people getting fat and lazy already and like, man, you motherfuckers need to do something. And we know you're not gonna go out there and buy these, you know, a whole set of these dumbbells and stuff. But, you know, if we, we can sell you a set and you can change the weight and it's selectorized and you can, that, like that's a different thing. So that was literally the, the, the M, like why people were motivated to come up with that and start writing these books. But um, 
yeah, it's pretty interesting. But uh, I've said before, too, you don't see a whole lot of mention about kettlebells in here, which yeah. is really interesting. You see ring weights. It's a, it's a different thing. It's not what we think of as a kettlebell. They're very similar, like cousins, but they're not the same thing, like, because they're not attached. Oh, 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 oh. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Super excited. <laughs> so you know those angles 90 things? Angles 90. The pull-up things? Yeah, 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 that, I, that I've got. They're, they're super sweet. You, you know, you can put them on your pull-up bar, and they basically mimic rings, and they're, you know, really small and compact. And I started playing around with them the other day. I was using them on my mace for rows, so like the counter row, so you wrap it around. Because man, you gotta admit, like my one complaint, if I'm gonna complain about the mace with the rows, is that you can't rotate your hand. It's a very unnatural like movement. It's definitely not what we do in wrestling and, and you know in jujitsu. Like when we pull in, we're able to rotate. That's a much stronger movement. It's easier on the elbow joints, and so. I was thinking, I was like, man, I wonder if I could use these there. And sure enough, man, you, you put them on there. And so you can do your counter rows and stuff with that handle in a row, you can and rotate. get the full rotation. And you're getting all the benefits of the, of the mace with the counterweight and all that stuff still. So, and then I attached it to a kettlebell and I started doing some swings with it. And again, it was pretty cool because I could, I could rotate my hand and it uh, was like independent of the weight, you know? So it's a little like, and, and it turned it into like a towel swing or like a ring, like a ring weight. weight. It turns yeah. it into a ring weight where it's not a, a solid attachment between your handle and the weight itself. And so again, you have to do it correctly. I was like, man, if I'm gonna do kettlebell swings ever again, this fucking thing may have just sold me on like doing it because it felt a lot better. Uh, you know, than necessarily trying to crank out a bunch of reps with a regular kettlebell. But, uh, so yeah, that angles 90 thing is pretty good. I'd highly recommend it. It's like 50 bucks. So and that, that was something you just came across on Instagram. Came across on Instagram. Yeah. It was, uh, definitely well worth yeah. the, the thing, but yeah, similar to that ring weight. That's what made me think about it was like, Oh yeah, that's, and that, that's a more valuable swing. Like having that, that like, you know, the handle and again, like the ring weight was like your, it looked like the bottom of a kettlebell and the handle, but instead of the handle being welded to the kettlebell, the handle was a triangle and then it came together and, and there was a, basically a circle on the top of the kettlebell and that triangle would connect inside that circle. So, you know, when you picked it up, it would pick the weight up, but it wasn't a solid attachment point. So when you did your swing, if you didn't do it correctly, anybody that's ever done a towel swing, which is like a real popular corrective, knows that like if you don't do it correctly, you start to lose that connection between the handle and the weight. And so, um, but anyways, that's what those guys were doing is swings with ring weights, uh, single arm dumbbell swings overhead. And we talked about that, like people shit their pants about like, oh, the swing's not supposed to go overhead. And it's like, really? Like read these old time books and you see like they were doing dumbbell swings. It was one rep, but they were going overhead. It was a swing way back overhead. So, you know, it's a little different, but to say that like you don't want to swing overhead is, I don't, I think shows a lack of, uh, you know, knowledge of weight training history. But anyways. Dude, speaking of that, that yeah, cause that, you started about swinging overhead. It makes me think about CrossFit. And then I had this guy's name. I had it fucking written down and I forgot to bring it. John Romano. So that, that I believe, I'm pretty sure that's his name, John Romano. He's this old school bodybuilder dude who was 
He ended up doing some prison time for a big steroid scandal. Dude, I, I think I know the name, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The name, the, I, the, it's the name, familiar. Yeah, it's familiar. Like he, he's, he's not shy about uh, steroid culture and use in the bodybuilding world. Right. And he, he knows his shit. Like he, he was one of the pioneers that first came out. Like, hey, people are gonna do this. This is back in like the late seventies, early eighties, I believe. Yeah. He's like, let's start educating these young lifters. Yeah. Because you know if they're, they're gonna be juicing anyways. Let's not get anybody hurt. Let's start. Was teach him the right things to use, the right, right amounts. Like so, he he went out. That was part of his thing. Like he, him and him and uh, I forget the other guy's name, but they'd get together and they would basically hold like church on Sunday afternoons and like, uh, uh, on Venice Beach, you know, teaching all the young bodybuilders and like how to juice. You know, that's. But anyways, he. I mean, he's still prominent nowadays with training people, and this this is where I'm getting to is with the CrossFit thing. Because, you know, it's, there's a lot of people I know personally that, like, don't think these CrossFitters are on the sauce, which to me is hilarious. The amount of work they do, mm-hmm. you know, in preparation for the games. Yeah, they test them, but it's kind of like the old school UFC testing. Like, it's more of an intelligence test. Like, you can get around it. Yeah. And, and this guy, John Romano, like, he's smart enough and they have enough sample size. Like, he'll take his, his athletes that he's working with. And like when they're out of competition, like he'll put them on a cycle of something and then he'll take them off and then he's doing blood work to see how long it takes to mm-hmm. get out of their system. I mean, and so he yeah. knows like how, when his athletes should get off the certain substance because they're going to be getting into competition season and the likelihood of them getting tested Nothing is, get is much higher. Yeah. Now, if he's dealing with some of the really high level guys that might get tested more often that are kind of on the radar... He's even more careful, mm-hmm. but he still goes. He goes through all those same, all those same steps. And he and he was talking. He's like, obviously, during this interview, he's like, obviously, I can't mention names. He's like, but I work with a lot of crossfitters. He's like, so if anybody's out there telling you that these crossfitters out on the sauce, and he just started laughing. <laughs> and, and, he was, and this is an interview I just listened to like two weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah. And he's like, some of the guys that I work with aren't, you know, aren't real. I mean, they're high level. They're like games level athletes, which is like the pinnacle. Yeah. He's like, but they're not real famous. He's like, so the odds of them getting tested out of the competition season are pretty low. He's like, so I know what I can get away with. And then as we start getting to the idea, we have a pretty good idea when they're going to be tested. He's like, so then I have a whole system. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. He's like, because they get all the benefits because a lot of it's for recovery. Yeah. 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 And so just because maybe they don't get to be on a cycle during the actual competition, doesn't mean they didn't get all those benefits leading up to it. Right, yeah. It was a great interview. And, you know, if anybody, any of you diehard crossfitters out there that think those fuckers aren't on the sauce, listen to this interview, dude. Yeah. It'll, it'll change the way you think about it. It's, uh, yeah, it's tough to tough to do what they do. Yo, dude, it's almost, almost humanly impossible to put in the amount of work that they do Yeah. without having some I was watching, assistance. I started too. watching, actually, the documentary um, uh, on What's his name? Frony. Frony Retroni. Frony. Yeah, yeah. And like, that dude literally like just came out of nowhere to just become like, you know, this dominant athlete yeah, he won in the like games. four or five CrossFit games in a row. Yeah, and apparently, and have you seen? I mean, you must yeah. know a little bit, but like, yeah, he, yeah. it wasn't like he was a longtime competitor who started out and worked his no. way up and and then was like yes i'm i'm at the top it was like what's this crossfit thing well it, it, it was a timing thing okay because he's a special athlete he was, oh yeah he was a two two sport college level athlete oh no 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 yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, he's legit he's, he's no i'm not saying he's he's a, I, I just 
the yeah, I don't, I don't it know was, what. It, the, but it was just a perfect timing. You know yeah. what we talked about last time about outliers, how all the dominoes got to get lined up perfectly. Yeah, you know because they're special people, but they fell into some special circumstances. That's exactly what happened with him. Like he was getting done with college. And why he was still in college, he kind of stumbled into this CrossFit thing, which was really new. Yeah. And the competition side of it was kind of new. It wasn't, it wasn't nearly as big as it is now. Right. And it was just a perfect timing. Like, he was getting done with his college athletic career. He kind of fell into it. And at that time, there wasn't a lot of high-level athletes that had discovered it yet. He was one of the higher-level athletes that had discovered it. Mm-hmm. So he was slightly ahead of the curve. I mean, not so much ahead of the curve to where it didn't fucking matter because there was no money in the sport. Right. He was just at that right time. And so that that's exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, he just, it just, timing, everything worked out for him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came in and fucking dominated for, you know, four or five years straight. Right. But, yeah, that's yeah. a good. That's a good documentary. I, yeah, it's, it, I think it's interesting. No, I'm not taking anything away from. It. I'm just saying, like, that's just not like you, that's. It's just not a normal human being no. to be able to do that. Period. Like, no. you know, if he was on something or not, like, whatever. Like, you're talking, like, like you said, like these these outliers plus, you know, kind of thing. And then so, yeah, it's tough though when you got people looking at that and trying to emulate that and it's like man even if he's not on the juice i you know i don't care you take that off the table he's still gonna be fuck dude he's he's a different species than you. yes like that's not normal to like you know just be like oh what's this sport over here and, and you know just out you know work out everyone it's uh it's a different kind of human yeah, that David Goggins book. Have you have you no nope. you, you started it yet? No, I, audio? I, no not on audio. I, I'm still finishing <laughs> up uh, Tipping Point on audio. Okay. Right, and then once I get done with that, I'll get into the David Goggins. Yeah, I'm like halfway through through it so far, but yeah, that that just speaking of dudes who are just like man can come in and just outwork outwork out everybody. It's a uh, that's a, a, a different mindset, but. Yeah, Goggins is nuts, man. He's nuts, dude. Yeah. I hope, like, the message that people get from that, because it should be a double-sided message. And he kind of touched on it a little bit in his interview with Joe Rogan. is like, dude, I, he's paying a price. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't just mentally push yourself through the things that he's pushed himself through and done what you do to your, his body and not pay the price. So it's like, yes... Man, you can push yourself. You can do things that you, like, you're limiting yourself. Like, you know, for sure, 100%, you're leaving something on the table because your mindset's fucking holding you back. But if you don't balance that in some way, like, yeah, the, the piper's going to have to be paid kind of thing. But, yeah, that's... Uh, it's still inspiring. Though. It's still inspiring, man. <clears throat> it really is. It's like, you know, wow, that's, yeah, it's, it's interesting, his whole running 100 miles on, like, three days' notice. And he was jacked for the first time he did it. Yeah. He was, like, way north of 200 pounds. Yeah. Like, I mean, lifting all the time, just a fucking beast. He was not built like your average 100-mile runner. No, you no. You know what I mean? And he's yeah. like, fuck it, I can do it. Yeah, there's a picture of him in the book. And yeah, he's, he's just he's big, big dude. jacked dude running with all these and skinny then, little... You know, I'm sure you heard that story, like, the day prior... Yeah, he, he was like gonna leave the gym. He's like, I just went and did a light workout. I knew I was gonna run 100 miles the next next day. And like one of my old army buddies was like, Hey, 
I'm going to fucking deadlift heavy today and do some other Let's shit. Let's get it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he went through a nasty workout, heavy-ass workout the day before. It was one of his ceiling yeah, that's instructors, his head instructor. And mm-hmm. he, uh, yeah, he knew he was running the next day. So he was trying to fuck with him. And so. <laughs> and he, he did it. And he did it. He's like, yeah, yeah. That's, who else is going to do this? Nobody. It's like, yeah, it's, it's uh, interesting. But he uh, ended up a pretty good wreck. The next day, so there's prices to be paid. There's but, a price to be paid. Yeah, there's definitely most of us don't need to worry about that. Like I think that's what he's saying. Like when people are asking about recovery and shit, it's like motherfucker. It's not that you don't need to recover. Because obviously you do. And but like you don't need to worry about it. You need to figure out. It's like we say all the time, man. You don't know how too far is until you've gone too far. Go too far. Don't like fucking work and see like how hard you can push yourself. Before you start to break, and this you, you know like and and then figure out where you want to go from there. Maybe back off from there. But if you're gonna pussyfoot your way around to that edge, like man, you may never get to the point where you're making changes. And that's where most people are. Like that dude. Like I don't watch a lot of TV and, and the commercials, but we both know every once in a while, you know, we travel, you see some shit, and it's like one of those drug commercials, and they're like, when diet and exercise don't work, it's like you just want to choke someone out because like it always works like you know with, with re- understanding that you don't want to use the word always and never because it shows a lack of critical thinking skills but the percentage is high enough to where i'll use that word it, it always works it's just you're not fucking probably not pushing yourself hard enough like i was thinking about this like this is why spin classes are so fucking popular okay like think about it you one you get to sit down all right, you get to sit the fuck down. Like how how comfortable is that? You get to do your cardio while sitting down, even if the instructors are like, you know, you know, go go go, you know, stand up. You still you're getting a chance to sit down, whatever. No one knows how high you got that little thing cranked up. No one really knows. So there's all sorts of places to hide. You know what I mean? Like a regular aerobics class, like you're standing. At least you're standing up the whole time. Like the more I thought about it, the more I started to realize, like fuck, it's giving me a new respect for just regular aerobics classes. <laughs> Because you realize like all the little bitching outs that people can do in a spin class and you realize like, oh, that's why they're so fucking popular and that's why they're so not effective. I mean, I don't know anyone who really, I know fit people who spin. I don't know anyone who got fit from spinning. I know a lot of fucking people who've tried to get in shape from spinning and you know, yeah, you lose some weight, you know, whatever, but for some reason, you can never quite look like that perky little fucking girl in the front leading the class. And then you find out like, oh, she didn't use spinning to look like that. Like she did all this other shit. And then she started leading spin classes. And it's like this false advertisement kind of thing, you know? But anyways, it's, it's, uh, I think that's why you, I'm not sure if you you know about those new gyms that are, they're fairly new, uh, the new chain out there called Orange Theory. Mm-hmm. That's why they're so popular because they have that board of shame up there, mm. you know. And so when you're on your equipment and going through your workout, it's like everybody can see like how hard you're pushing. Oh, it's got yeah. like the heart rate zone thing. Got like heart rate zone thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they can see how hard you're pushing and mm-hmm. where you're slacking, so it's kind of like a competition. Mm-hmm. And that, that's why those things are fucking blowing up. Man, that's an effective way to do it. Yeah, your heart rate don't lie. It's board of shame. But it's kind of like you know the jujitsu version of martial arts. It's like you know what. Okay, we can all work out. If you really want to, like, 
see, you know, nowhere to hide, throw your fucking heart rate up on a board and, and you'll see what's going on. And it is, it totally changes the, the mentality because you can look like you're working your ass off and you know, your heart rate's not doing shit because you just find all the right places. There's definitely an art to putting in just enough effort in just enough places to look like you're trying hard without accomplishing shit. And then going like, oh, I don't understand. I'm not getting results. It's like, man, yeah. I like the, I've been using the heart rate training for, because uh, Morpheus, I can track my training loads with it. So I've been using the heart rate. Uh, Does that when I work out? Why you work out? You have mm -hmm. it on? Yeah, yeah. You just have it on your leg? <laughs> no, I got a chest strap. A chest strap? Yeah, is it's it, more accurate. Is it? Yeah, the one around my leg, it's a laser. And those things are really, like, fucking not very accurate. Now, the, the one, the chest strap you're using, is that actually the Morpheus tracker thing? Or do you have another device that you're connected oh, to? Oh, I just there? have a regular Polar Bluetooth the, uh, one. The Polar. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, Morpheus makes one, but I actually have one on order. Because it'll allow you to do a workout and it'll track it and then upload, sync it to the phone. So, like, you don't have to have the phone with you. Okay. Or worry about, like, Bluetooth connection, losing it or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, I just have, like, a regular Polar one. And, I mean, in my garage, it's plenty. And uh, I wear it for the, the grumpy guy. But, yeah, man, I'm a fan. I'm, you definitely can see, the, you know, your, your effort level and... When you're pushing and when you're not, and you know, getting seeing how different workouts and training loads affect you. So, which speaking of which, I started my bulking program last week <laughs> as I eat my candy. Is that you? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Hershey's candy bar on the bulking program. It fucking most certainly is, my friend. <laughs> it most certainly is. That's awesome. Um, yeah, no, I started. Uh, I'm up to what? I weighed 171 this morning. Damn. So yeah, 175 is my goal. Are you tracking your calories? Or are you no, I'm just eating. So I figure I eat enough. I just need to send the calories in a direction. So <laughs> it's more my workout that's gonna, you know, tell the calories where to go. Gotcha. So I started my yeah, did the it's my, my meathead workout. So it's three exercises. In the first exercise you do ten sets of three. And the second exercise you do five sets of five. And then the last one you do three sets of ten. And you do a push, pull, lower body, you know, hinge or squat. And so I've got it set up so it's like I'm doing deadlift and uh, for 10 by 3, shoulder press 5 by 5, and then uh, inverted rows for the 3 by 10. And then the next workout I'm doing chin-ups and I'm actually working up. I'm starting with 6 sets of 3 and working up to the 10 uh, sets of 3. And then I'm doing... Um, Got chin ups, goblet squats for the five by five, and then push ups for the three by ten, and so that's it. How much you resting in between? <clears throat> you know, just enough to catch my breath. I mean, again, I'm watching my heart rate, and it'll come down to because they're in a you know again depends on the exercise, but my heart rate will go up into like the like one one twenty to one forty range. Um, which is a pretty big gap, but it's like, you know, goblet squats versus, goblet squats will get your heart rate yeah, going. that'll get your heart rate going, you know, there's, yeah. so there's definitely some exercise. So, but it'll, it'll get it up in that, um, that range. And then, you know, usually within it'll, you know, I feel like I'm ready to go when it gets back down to about a little under a hundred. So, and then, uh, I'm finding that takes me around a minute, a little less than a minute 
for my heart rate to recover. But, uh, so yeah, trying to keep the, the recovery pretty short. It's, it's like volume and density. Like that's kind of the two big things for muscle growth. It's like you want to, you want to do a lot of work and you're trying to, to do it in a condensed amount of time. Like, you know, doing three sets of 10 over the course of 15 minutes is not the same thing as three sets of 10 in less than five minutes. And so, and then like the stimulus, like that's, it's all about like triggering your body to respond a certain way. And so if you look at bodybuilders, like that's what they're doing. They're doing a lot of volume and they're doing it in a short amount of time. Like they're, they tend to use very short rest periods and you know, they're using supersets and tri-sets and drop sets. And all of this is to like build the volume and, and also like, you know, condense cause they're, you know, they tend to keep their workout times uh, pretty similar, you know, they're not like working out for five hours at a time, you know, it's, so it's getting that work in and getting it in and, and more work and less time and all that adds up to more muscle growth. So volume and density, my friend. Volume's the key. Yeah. I, I really think it is. I remember I was listening to this bodybuilder talk about how he would design his programs and, you know, obviously it took him a while to get to this point, but he ended up, he would have like a weekly volume goal and he would have it. He, and he broke it down to like how many thousands of pounds he would lift in the week. Mm -hmm. You know, so like, okay, I have to move 70,000 pounds this week. That's how like he'd have it broke down. So, okay, that, that, and so each workout was broke down. Like, okay, I'm doing, let's say it was 315 on the deadlift for 10 sets of three reps. So he would total that weight. Right, right. The amount, yeah, of, the amount of total, yeah, the total weight, weight lifted. Total weight lifted. Because <laughs> he, he knew what he had to do. No. To hit his goal, he had to lift like yep. 70,000 pounds that week. Yeah. So he would have a pro, he would start there and work his way back yeah. to build all his daily so programs. And he lifted like 68,000. Right, right. Like, fuck, I didn't get enough volume this week. Yeah, so you know, like, got to I, 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 I got to yeah. up some reps somewhere. Or then you take that and you say, how much time did it take me to do it? And then you divide that and then you get a, a the, that's where the density comes yep. in because then you're looking at pounds per minute. Yep. And like, as that pounds per minute goes up, and you can do that a bunch of different ways, but. That's why I like, uh, like the density training. Cause that's actually like what I'll do with my bodybuilder style workouts is when I get to the point where I'm taking 30 seconds or less rest, I'll up the weight and I'll try to keep the weight to a point where it'll take me a minute or less to recover. Like I don't want to get to the point where I'm taking like a minute and a half, two minutes to recover from the weight, but then I'll work to get my, my rest down and when it gets to that 30 second mark so that, that's how i kind of work the density side of it and before i'll start adding load um because adding the load and then you increase the time spent but because you've increased the load the density is still real similar so anyways i like to geek out on that yeah, shit man it's a total nerd out on <laughs> no, that's, i'm the same way you know and i keep inching closer and closer closer to getting a heart rate monitor yeah you know, and doing that i think yeah, I, I th for for that reason in particular, for two reasons why I think I'd really like it. One is so when I'm working out, I I can see okay my heart rate's back to this point now I can go again. Yeah. So I kind of let that dictate heart rate work. based recovery. Heart rate based recovery in between my sets. Yeah. And then to use it for when I go on my jogs or doing some cardio, yeah. I can you know kind of keep my heart rate in a certain zone. If, whether I'm pushing a little too hard or slacking a little bit, it kind of helps. Yeah. Get, I think that'd be another huge benefit. Yeah. So I keep getting closer and closer to buying when I just haven't talked myself into it. Yeah. No, they're definitely valuable yeah. that way. I mean, that's uh, um, when I was, that, 
at my facility, I use them myself and I have my clients use them for their cardio. And exactly like you said, like it wasn't, it was mainly to track their recovery. Cause that's how I, you know, first thing that really kind of sold me on the, on heart rate training was like, okay, well that makes sense. Like, you know, you're looking at your heart rate recovering. And if you are saying like, I'm just going to rest for a minute. Well, you may be like over recovering in the first couple sets cause you don't need a minute and you may be under recovering in the last ones. It's like, and, and as you get fitter, you're, you're more likely to be under recovering if you're not adjusting your rest period as well. So, you know, we would use it for that. And then you could check your uh, recovery heart rate. Like that's another thing that people don't, um, just like how fast, like we were talking about like, okay, like you want your heart rate to drop back down, but you still want to look at like, how long is that taking you? Like time still counts. And so if it's taking you two minutes for your heart rate to drop from, you know, 140 back down to less than a hundred, uh, like that's not good. And so focusing on well, what can I do to get my heart rate to recover faster is a huge part of training. Like that's, uh, I think 50% of training that people completely overlook is they're just so worried about how hard am I working and not how efficiently am I recovering between my hard work and your, that heart rate makes you very cognizant of it. You can see your fucking heart rate right there and you can, I mean, it's actually like uh what is it? Biometric feedback, I think, is the fancy name for using shit like that to teach people to control their bodies. So, because you see your heart rate there, and if you focus on lowering that number, like you can, it's it, like the studies basically show, like you have a lot easier time actually lowering your heart rate if you have your heart rate in front of you than if you don't. If you're just sitting there and someone says like, okay, I need you to drop your heart rate five beats per minute. You know, they, they know where your heart rate's at and you don't. And they're like, you know, right now you're at 75. I need you to come down to like below 70. You know, it's it's so much easier if you have that number in front of you kind of thing. So yeah, it's something, it's one of those things I get away from and then I get back into it and I'm like, man, this is awesome. Why'd I ever get away from it? And I'm sure I'll remember why I get away from it <laughs> at some point. But uh yeah, it's it's good stuff, man. It's I, I think it's good. And then, like I said, the Morpheus adding that in because it gives you your training zones, and they adjust based on your recovery uh, load. Because again, that's one of those things. Like working with cyclists, especially, you, they're all obsessed with these training zones, and they got these five different training zones, and you know each one's supposed to target this very specific thing, and it's all based off of this test that they did. And it's like, man, that was a, like that test that you did on that day was a snapshot of where your body was in time at, at that time. Like that's not necessarily valid today. And so now you're basing all of your training numbers off of something that may not actually be the same you today. Like you then is not the same you now. I mean, that's just, it's different. Like it's literally not the same being. And so... It, uh, so having something that adjusts that for you, um, is again, it just makes sense. So I don't know. I feel pretty good with the, the setup with the Morpheus and the heart rate training stuff. So I think it might pull the trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Make that as a Christmas present to myself. There you go, man. Yeah. It's, it's fun. You like data. I do. You're going to have a fucking whiteboard up in your kitchen. And you're like, what's that one, dude? And you're like, that's my heart rates and shit. Or something. You'll have something. I'll have something. I'll like, keep track There's my macros and there's my heart rate. So, yeah. But, uh, so anyways, yeah. But the uh, meathead workouts, bulking up, heart rate training, 
It's good shit. Angle's 90. I'm excited about the new year, man. Got new stuff coming. Just uh, Speaking of that, have you started putting together any like New Year's resolutions? No, no, not yet. I do, neither have I. I do want to, like, like, probably our next episode... Um, sit down and just laugh at our resolutions from last year. <laughs> yeah, I gotta find them. I have to go back and listen to. We'll it. go. I think we listed them out, man. As when we were listening, I'm sure we got it. Out. So yeah, yeah I, I want to go back and, and go over those. We and, should and just laugh yeah, at have laugh a ourselves, chuckle, and then uh, yeah, I don't know. See, uh, I think throwing some out again just for fun, because again, the pressure's off. We've already proven that, like, dude, we could say one of my fucking goals is to go to the moon i mean it's just as likely to happen as me saying i was gonna fast every month you know what i mean <laughs> i may as well have said that so yeah. that sounds good in theory yeah 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 man makes you feel good about yourself exactly what's well, yeah i know we're it's it's easy because you make all these decisions when you're comfortable yep and then that's exactly what it is. And then so you easy start to doing do. It. So easy to do when you're comfortable. You're like, why am I doing this again? Yeah, this is bullshit. Yeah, and if you don't have a really good reason, like that was the thing with the fasting. I just realized, like, man, I don't have a really good reason to do this. That just com- makes me do it. I'm doing it for all these other reasons. So, but uh, doing it to say you to tell everybody you did it. Well, it just it was like the cool thing. It was almost yeah. like you know being bisexual or something. <laughs> I don't know if that was ever cool. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It depends on what circles you run in, I guess. Hey, dude. In this day and age, it seems to be like this, like, you know, chief thing. Like, even if you're not, you almost just say you are, just so you don't come across as a fucking homophobe or, <laughs> you know, you don't want to offend anyone, you know what I mean? So you just kind of, like, leave a question mark there. But even if you're fucking pretty sure you know what you like. <laughs> but uh, you and I are old enough. We don't give a fuck anymore, so. No, we don't. We're not, we're not worried about that. But... Um, so, anyways, as you sit here with your gay roller 2000 shirt on. <laughs> we are very politically correct here. Yes. At Grumpy Guy. That's right. Incorporated. That's right. We are we're following the lead. We are an equal opportunity. Podcast. Yes, exactly. We will insult everybody. Oh, that's right. Dude, I can't wait for you to get your Grumpy Gal. Or no, Happy Gal present. Oh, no. It's awesome. You're going to love it. Oh, no. No, you're going to love it. It's funny. You're going to laugh your ass off. I'm afraid when those two get together. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Apparently, like, these, this stuff has been planned for months. So, yeah. Apparently, we're the subject of, of pre-planning for, uh, for things. So, that's how much they enjoy trying to torment us or see if they can get a rise out of us. (laughs) It's all in good fun. But they do enjoy it. So I think they they realized the torment that they placed on us with those fucking bore ass swimsuits. Yes. And so now they're looking. It's like they're like junkies now. You know what I mean? They got that first taste. Oh, I know. Yeah. They're like, oh, 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 we found something. We affected them. All right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all right. We love them. We do. We'd we'd miss them if they weren't there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, so there you go. I don't know what. How on earth we got all the way down on this thread? Who knows? I don't know. Hard left. Hard left. We're about the Thank fucking you. UFC. Yes. Just open changing venues like six days out. That's hardcore. Dude. Hardcore commitment to an athlete. That is, yeah. There, that is some fucking shenanigans. Like, I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. 
Yeah. I can't believe that they would do that. So like so basically the story is that he 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 tested so John Jones tested positive for the same basically metabolite or substance that he got busted for last year. But they're saying that it's in such trace amounts he hasn't that ingested is, any new that it is in line with trace amounts of what he got busted for. That, right. that, that's what they're that, saying. That's, what that, I, that's how I understand Is it. that he did so much shit here when he got busted that he still has this tiny little trace amount left in his system and that's what you guys are picking up and it's not new shit and it's not high enough to actually be like affecting his performance or something like that. Is that like basically the, the, the yeah, story? Yeah, I actually watched a couple different YouTube videos on it this morning. You know, trying to, you know, educate myself on what the fuck was happening. Yeah. And I did. I watched, There was a long interview with Jeff Nowitzki and Dana White. Yeah. I watched that. It's funny. Jeff Nowitzki for the, like, I'm, uh, is that the only time in history he has been as adamant as he has that an athlete did not test dirty? Yeah. Like, that motherfucker's made a living. He's the golden out stitch. Of, out of, like, yeah, 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 man. I'm like, I'm watching this and I'm like. This is weird. It's like a bizarro world. It was bizarro world watching yeah. him sitting there like John Jones did not test positive. There's he did nothing wrong. He here. did not ingest. He did not ingest the same anything substance. new. It is just trace amounts of of what he's already gone through. And since California knows about it and they've already dealt with it, we're just gonna go have the fights there because we don't have enough time to talk to the Nevada State Athletic Commission. I th- you know and after watching I watched that full interview. With him and Dana, and I watched another one with him and Dana, and I read another article on it. It was all kind of the same info. And it's kind of the conclusion I came to was, basically, they had to decide. They, they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Because John Jones is a fuck-up. And they weren't going to let him fight in Vegas. So, one option would be, they can't. that fight's off. And they just keep the card in Vegas. They move somebody else up to the main event, and they figure it out. Or the second option, which I didn't I had no idea this would even be an option, but just move the whole event to L.A. to where they'll let them fight. That's where the state sanctioning body things come in and yeah. get a little like weird. Yeah. So I mean, those are really the two options they had. That was it. That was all they, they had. That, that was all they had, and they knew either either decision is going to piss off a lot of fucking people. You know, it's either, and I think they went with, the, they went with the moving it to L.A. and keeping John, you know, John Jones fighting uh, Gustafson, is because that's going to keep pay per view numbers up. Yeah. They're going to make a lot 100%. more. Pay, they're going to make a lot more pay per view with those two fighting than they mm-hmm. would if they were just to nix that fight. Because if they were to nix that fight, a lot, a lot of people would have been like, "Oh fuck, I'm not even going to buy this pay per view." You know? Yeah. So that's what they did, but but still, like, for them to move that, that was a bad. It was short term. You're right. Like the pay per view numbers are going to be saved, but man, I think that was a bad move. Man, that's a bad look. It is a bad look. It's a really bad look. I remember. I mean, dude, I don't. I might be screwing up the exact words, but I remember Dana saying. After last time Jones got popped, he, he, dude, like almost his exact words were, John Jones will never headline again. He has fucked us one too many times. 
And he said, he's like, he will never have the, we can't depend on him enough. He will never headline again. And they let him headline. He fucks up. They say he's, they say he didn't fuck up. It was from his, his previous fuck up. Well, whatever. It's still a it's fuck still, up. It's, it's still, still his fuck, fuck it's up. It's still his fuck up. It's not that the caused, UFC fans' problem. That caused him to move the whole event. Dude, yeah. just think about... Dude, man, you and I have talked about you know making a trip out to go see UFC or something. Dude. Imagine if we would have you know, bought plane tickets and reserved a hotel... You know, bought tickets to the event out in Vegas. We're gonna make you know a weekend trip out of it. Yeah. Then all of a sudden they cancel it. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, just normal working folks. That you you set it up. You you took time off work. You got travel plans. All the shit. And all of a sudden the event's not there anymore. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like what? Yeah. Well, it's, that's, it's, that's fucked up, dude. Yeah. It's super fucked up. It's interesting because it's set like one. Like I said, it's it's short term. Yeah, pay per view number is gonna be fine, but. Did really, but who who goes? Who actually goes to the events? I guess that's the gamble that they're taking, right? Is that in my mind, the people who go to the events are like the hardcore fans, like your actual like, like your most loyal, best fans, the people that are going to spend the most money on you and your brand and your product, the people who are going to be like the biggest advocates for spreading the word. Like, you know, these are your your diamonds, man. Like, you've got all these fucking customers, but you got a very small percentage of them at the very top. It's like anything else. There's a pyramid to them. And at the very top are the people you make them, you know. I say make the most money off of, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that, like, there's such fucking fans of yours that you can't produce enough for them to buy, and, you know, on some levels. Like, they're, they're, they're always wanting to, to, because they love your product so much. And they're your uber fans. Like, they're the ones that you want to foster the most. And where people get lost is they're always looking at that bottom level. Like, how do I get more new people into the bottom? So, you know, hopefully they'll come up and, and become these uber fans. But I need more new people, more new people. And that's where the pay-per-view shit comes in. Like, you get more new people, I think, watching pay-per-views than you do coming to a live event. Right? And at the live event, it's more of these hardcore fans. And so, dude, by you doing this to your hardcore fans... You're, it's fucking huge. It sends a huge message to to them. Uh, I mean, who's who's gonna feel confident going to booking a UFC uh, vacation event again? You know what I mean? Like, how how, are, how would that not how would that not happen again? So they've already shown that they're willing to do this once. Like that has to, you know, shake people. I could be totally wrong. People have a short memory and they could just be like, yeah, fuck it. But I think that down the road you're gonna see like a ripple effect from like this move that shows the like the hardcore UFC fans like oh you guys don't really fucking care about us you know you're you're more or maybe that's not who goes to these things maybe we're maybe we're misreading it maybe it's just a bunch of fucking sightseeing you know I just oh MMA's cool there's an event let's go to that and get dressed up and go and they don't really care. You know, or they're mad, but they're not those hardcore fans. So, uh, you know, I don't know. And to me, it's not a good, good thing. But yeah, yeah I wonder what a lot oh, of the fighters other, too. Like, what kind of message fighters. that sent to the fighters? Yeah, that, that's exactly what I was just going like to say. Everyone, next. it sends such a bad message to everyone. Like we are, there's, we have a company where we will have one person be more important than everything else. All the other fighters, the fans, everything. We'll let one person be more important than all of that. Ooh, that's a fucking bad place to be, you know. So, anyways, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Next is, 
what message does that send to the other fighters on the roster? Yeah. Not even, the, I mean, the roster as a whole, but even the card that night in particular. Because although, you know, there's a lot of people that probably traveled and were set up in Vegas for the past couple weeks doing their final prep for this fight. And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, shit. Coaches, we family, family, everyone. Everything. Now they got to stress about like, oh shit, shit, you know, my wife's coming in. Where my, where, where's my family gonna stay? Yeah. Now, now we gotta switch it all to L.A. Like, yeah, yeah. So like, John's got somebody doing all that shit for him. Yeah. It's probably the UFC. You know what I mean? Like he, he doesn't have to worry about it. But like, like yeah, the lower level UFC, you know, guys on the undercard. And stuff, yeah. You know, they ain't taking care of those fucking guys. No. You know, all their family members. That I bet you there's. <coughs> Excuse me. There's probably guys in that undercard that their families like, oh yeah, let's all take a trip to Vegas. That's going to be New Year's Eve weekend. You know, we'll go watch Johnny fight or whoever. Then we'll be in Vegas for the weekend afterwards. We'll have a good time. And I said, oh, hey guys, the whole trip's changed. Yeah. Like what? How about Vegas? How do you think Vegas feels? Like, you know, I know on some level it's like, you you know, I'm yes and no. You know what I mean? Like that was their big sports event for New Year's weekend. Like there's nothing, there's no other like. You know what I mean? Like that was their headline sports event. And they, you know, I know they got other shit concerts and all that stuff, but I mean, it wasn't nothing. And you know, and that's a chunk. And again, like they've got a relationship with the UFC. So again, like the UFC basically just told Vegas, like, hey, guess what? We'll let one fighter be more important than you. It's like, oh, dude, that's fucking crazy. So. I mean, you know, somebody in Vegas is pissed. There was definitely some money that somebody was counting well, someone's on. Lose, someone's, someone's losing money, money someone's man. Losing money, yeah, man. yeah, shit. yeah. Somebody's not happy. Like, I know as a whole, Vegas don't give a shit, but there's definitely players that do. And, the, and again, it's like, and these players are probably the important players in the UFC's universe. Like, it's not like the motherfuckers who run Circus Circus are important in the UFC universe. You know what I mean? So, yeah, maybe Circus Circus don't give a fuck, but, like, that doesn't matter because the people that you fucked over do matter, and I don't know, man. I'm sure they'll bounce back because money talks and bullshit walks. But right now, it sounds like a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, I think I really think it's fucked up, man. I'm just over the whole John Jones nonsense. I mean, that guy is fucked up more than anybody in the history of the UFC, and he's one. Of the, and it's a shame because he's one of the most talented, naturally talented guys. He's fun to watch fight, and he's good. He's a good fighter. He's just you can't keep his shit together outside of the fucking ring. No. And, and it's... it's They should have just cut their losses a long time ago and sent that guy packing. I'm like, fuck it, man. We, yeah, it's, just, it's, it's agitating to the average fan. It's tough. I mean, did you look at Tyson? I mean, how long did boxing try to wring some dollars out of his name when he was... You know, it's like... It's tough to... Tough to give up on that draw. You know, the money. People know who he is. You know, talented. He can still do some shit. So I want to see him fight. I'm one of those pay per view guys who's happy that he's fighting. I mean, I would have totally understood if they didn't. I wouldn't have been like, you know, oh, what the fuck? Like, because again, that doesn't even enter your mind. You find out someone had some sort of fucked up test and they can't fight. Okay, wait a minute. You can change the venue. You can change six days out. Never even knew that was an option. I had no idea that was an option. No idea that was an option. So, you, again, it's like, wow, that's, yeah. I mean, what, fuck, dude. Again, we could sit here all day and just talk about the Pandora's box. Like, now that you've set this precedent. What does that do? What does that do? 
That's the, I think that's the biggest question of it. You've got another headliner who has some questionable tests, and you've got a state. Oh, let's all of a sudden, Wyoming's like the Wyoming State Athletic Commission's like, "Hey, Laramie's looking for a fucking fight." You know, what I mean, it, 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 like you. It, I'm not saying like totally shady, but you know what I mean. Like, let's move it to an Indian reservation. Yeah, or, <laughs> fuck exactly. <laughs> oh yeah, fucking yeah. Like where it's a slippery slope. Yeah, because that you know that was part of their explanation in that interview I listened to is that. You know, it, he popped off for these little metabolites, and the Nevada State Athletic Commission didn't have time to investigate it to the length of to get up to speed to where the LA or the the California State Athletic Commission, the guy who runs that, Andy Foster, he's more up to speed on the whole John Jones thing, and so he didn't he didn't in six days time he doesn't need to get up to speed. He understands that it was still. He takes the word from the scientist that it, that it was still in his system, so he's okay that just with that. It made no go. sense to me. It makes no, yeah. no sense no to sense. me. If it's so obvious that this guy does not need to be brought up to speed, like, and 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 these commissions can't like make a phone call, right? Like, hey, bro, like, what do you know? Okay, cool, thanks. I, it made no that, sense that, to that, me. That, that, that's what I was getting at. That is what's so fucked up to me is. The, the dude who runs the California State Athletic Commission, he's not a goddamn scientist. He's not in the one fucking splitting the, in the lab, splitting the metabolites down, like right. understanding it. He's taking the doctor's word for it. So why is he any different than the Nevada State Athletic That's Commission? That's why I couldn't understand. Do you know, you know, do you know what That's I'm what saying? That's what seemed weird with Levitsky. It was, he was so adamant that it was so obvious what was going on. If it was so obvious, was so obvious. Then why, why, why couldn't the people in Nevada say, okay, this is obvious, this is what it is. Right. But the people in, in California can see that. Yeah, what yeah. information do the people in California have that the people in Nevada don't have access to? Right. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I the, don't. The, I, the, and, and, and I, what, how can they not share? How can they not talk to each other and share some information? Right. Because I can't believe that the the guys in California Athletic Commission are operating on really on any more information than you and I are. They're just taking a scientist's words for it. They're not fucking scientists. My understanding was this. They were involved when he got busted and... 2017, like he was under their yeah, purview the, right, right. when that went down, and right. that, that's it. So but basically, it. that like, but all those records are public knowledge, right? Right, that's right. all public information. Yeah, that's what I'm so saying. So the people in Nevada had the same information they had. If this is so fucking obvious, yeah, and this, so they all know the same shit. Yeah, or at least you'd be able to like cross get, efforts, get right. on board with it pretty quickly. I would think, yeah, but you don't. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's. Like I say, there's some fucking shenanigans going it on. It seems there. weird, man. It oh, seems yeah. weird. But oh, and Bellator's fighting in LA that night too. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just that's. Uh, I don't know why I remember that, but that was because they had a, a, a pay per view um, the same night, and but it was in LA, and so yeah, now yeah, dude, it's fucking weird, man. It is weird. It's a weird scene, so. Anyways, anyways, that's uh, neither one of us have to worry about it. No, it's just it's weird. We'll see. Uh, there's gonna be ramifications to pay for this decision. They yeah, don't know. we don't know yet what those will be, but yeah. I guess like yeah, I guess the, the the I guess for like you and me, and I, I mean you can correct me if I'm you know speaking for you. Is like I feel like the UFC in a lot of ways like they they are synon- synonymous to a lot of people with MMA, and like in some ways like they. Yeah, like they have 
the MMA and their hands a little bit, you know, like they are kind of the main caretakers for it, at least in this country, for it. And there's just a little unease about those hands. Yep. I, I agree with that 100%. Because to the general public, UFC and MMA are synonymous. And they, it is their responsibility to kind of mold and shape to what the general public thinks of mixed martial arts. And I don't think they're taking that responsibility um, as serious as it is. As serious yeah. it is, when I say as serious as it is, it's serious to martial artists out there because we respect it for what it is. Yeah. They're, they're, they're treating it solely like an entertainment industry. Right. That, that's the way I feel Like about if they it. hadn't paid $4 billion and they didn't have that tag that they had to pay and they knew that they're going to make an infinite amount more on the pay-per-view than they are on the ticket sales. Like, because that's the thing. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 a, it's a different world what they make on the 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 pay-per-views and so you're trying to pay that that bill each month and it's like if you didn't have that bill hanging over your head would you still made the same decision and maybe maybe but i'm i'm sure it would have you know maybe changed your mind a little bit but yeah that that to me that's kind of the main when i heard that i was more like god that just i don't know dude the ufc's puts a little funny taste in your mouth yeah 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 and it just sucks because like i'm a fan and and they are at this point like you know in the driver's seat for, for MMA in, uh, in the U.S., but you know, who knows, man? Dude, Bellator's coming up. I mean, compared to where they were a couple years ago, like, they're a, in a different league. Like, they've got, like, a lot of good fighters. Like, remember, for a while, they were trying, like, some cheesy-ass, like, WWE-style promotions and, like, trying to get, like, fake beefs and stuff going. And, and they abandoned that. No, I know, they I know. Beefs. But it, it is, thank goodness, because, like, that was tanking quickly. But I'm just saying, like, f- from where they were there, where they almost felt desperate enough to try something like that, to, like, where they are today, uh, is, it's, uh, it's a huge leap. You know what I mean? So, you never know, man. We always, you always think, like, things can't die, but they change. Facebook's going to die one day. We're all gonna dance. I don't know on its ashes. We're gonna get into that. Let's <laughs> see another hard left. So I watched. I went and watched the Cyborg Gordon Ryan match. Okay, yeah. To see how I thought about the aggressive fucking head slaps. Yeah, yeah. It was excessive. It was. It was definitely excessive. You could tell that Cyborg just lost his cool, man. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah. No. He. I mean. It wasn't. I would say. They were more unnecessary than excessive. Yeah, I, yeah, okay, that's that's better. In the heat of the moment or an exchange, if it wouldn't he, have been, if he got, it wouldn't have been as, like, he wouldn't have been as obvious a a, a, a penalty, right. you know. But the, when he was doing it and how he was doing it, he wasn't it, really helping his position. No, no, it was excessive. Face. It was, it was, yeah, it was definitely excessive. Uh, in that position, in that position for what he was doing, you know, and, and like he he put out that statement that he you know he felt disrespected and he wanted to teach Gordon a lesson. Well, wouldn't he have been better off teaching him a lesson just by like whooping his ass with jujitsu, right? When he couldn't, but he couldn't. So, yeah. So that that was a problem. That was a problem. That was a problem. But you know, that would have been that would have been the route to take. It's yep. really just trying to fucking crush his soul, you know, with good jujitsu. Yeah, and I, you know, I if he wouldn't have lost his cool and he just would have been cyborg, I think he probably could. You know, if he didn't get sucked into Gordon's game, if he, yeah. if he was to set the pace and keep Gordon in his world, 
he probably could have. I mean, it's not an easy task, but right. he, probably, he probably could have. I wouldn't put it past. There's, there's definitely a small handful of people on the planet who have the potential to beat that dude. And he's one of them. He's sure. one of them, for sure. He's definitely one of them. Yeah. He's big, he's strong, yeah. he's athletic. If you heard that he won a match against him, you wouldn't be completely surprised. No, you're not surprised. No. Yeah, because he's so big and he's so athletic and his jiu-jitsu experience so, so and, good. And yeah, yeah so mentally sharp. That, that, was the, that was the funny thing. You know, that, it, that's what broke him. He, yeah. he, he got, he, Gordon pissed him off and yeah, that was it. So I saw, I watched it and I just kind of chuckled. I'm like, yeah, man, he got in his head and he fucking lost his cool. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that, that was it. It was 100%. And you could see Gordon laughing at a few few of those slaps like he knew he's like man i mentally broke you yeah, dude. Pissed, pissed. you are you are melting down in front of everyone right now and like and he wouldn't wouldn't revert uh, you know avert his path back yeah. on he just kept going down it and it was just like all right dude that's how you want to go down but yeah it was uh i guess a little anticlimactic yeah i wanted to see more jujitsu and uh but it was, uh, it was what it was. But man, you know, Gordon brought the attention. I mean, a lot more people were interested in Nogi Worlds this year than... The kid's good, man. He's just really good. good dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's legit. So, guy's freaking... He's got a lot more than just the, the leg attacks. I don't think he got one. It was all from the back. Like, his finishes were... Uh, I, I didn't pay attention to a lot. I haven't watched all of his matches. Yeah, so, but anyways, it was, uh, like I said, a little excessive in the moment, but <laughs> I've taken a few fucking hard hits, and <laughs> it's like, yeah, anyways, we both know, oh, yeah. you try and block the Kevin Cross face and a few times, and it's like, alright, well, just Block this one, brother. <laughs> Here you go. Here you go. A little more heat on this one. A little more heat on this one. So, it's all good fun. It's yeah. like, yeah, so. Anyways, it's uh, good. So, what's your schedule? Are you training? Are you working tomorrow? Yeah, I got to work tomorrow. Right, I just, work tomorrow on Thursday. Okay. I got another five-day weekend. Cool. So Don't get sick this time. Yeah, I'm ready to get back to training. Basically, I trained Wednesday, and then I came down with that nasty little cold. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I worked Thursday and then came on Mass a little cold Friday and I so I just stayed off the mass. I didn't want to infect the tribe. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm back to it. I'm back to feeling better now. I took, to train. I took a picture of it, man, because I look like a fucking domestic violence victim. <laughs> Where was it? You can see like all on my neck oh, and face. And on my on the other side here you barely see like there's a yeah. bruise right under my cheekbone where kevin was using my cheekbone and his forearm to keep my head pinned to the ground this is a good one yeah that night uh i got sucked into a god i can't remember dude i think we went for like about 20 minutes so i must have been defending well i don't know i was it was uh it was one of those where i realized like okay i just tap It'll all be over. But I'm just too goddamn stubborn and just keep fighting and it just keeps going. And yeah, he was cross facing the fuck out of me, dude. It was funny. I got done and Kelly was like, dude, your face is all red. I was like, I'll bet, man. <laughs> I think too, like I haven't been rolling a lot of ghee. So I was uh I felt like I'd gotten a, a facial. Yeah. I forgot to thank him. I was gonna thank him. I'll thank him on air. Thank you, Kevin, for the free 
uh, face scrub. The face scrub. Really People pay fucking big money to have like the top few layers of their face skin peeled off. All you gotta do is come wrestle. That's right, wrestle man. Wrestle McGee. That That's shit right. will take care of that shit. That's why you. I still look so good, man. <laughs> People laugh at blue steel, but you know, it's not easy. I gotta, it takes hard work and eating cross faces is part of the, uh, it's exfoliating. It's an exfoliation process. <laughs> Kevin's like, hey, you, you seem like you like to eat cross faces. It's like, well, no, <laughs> but if I do, I'm going to get the most out of it. Yeah. So there you go. But, uh, anyways, but that was missing you. That was my point. It happens a lot when I'm not there. Yeah. Yeah. No, it does. You'll so, catch the wrath of the asshole. I could definitely feel your share of the ass whoopings flowing my way because it was uh yeah it's being the holidays so the, the open mats are a little light so the uh i guess the opponents that he likes to fucking do that too i don't know you know dude you gotta can't do that to everyone <laughs> it does it's interesting man it's that like that goggins book is funny man like just rethinking about that like because you do you gotta you gotta have a little bit of that like Dude, no matter how hard you come, like, you know, you're not going to fucking break me. Like, yeah, you're going to tap me, you're going to get me, but, you, like, I'm going to keep coming. We talked about this before. Like, man, every time I slap hands, I feel like I should win. I'm always a little shocked when I don't. And, uh, but, yeah, it's that's how you get fucking better. And, I don't know, we recognize that. Like, jiu-jitsu people recognize that with other jiu-jitsu people. I mean, there's definitely, we've talked about it. You got to, you definitely have to pick your training partners and how you treat them appropriately. You can't treat everyone the same. No. You can definitely break some of your toys if you don't uh, understand how to treat them. So, Or if you think you can treat them one way. Right. They, they, have, they have a bad day. They got some shit going on at home. Right, right, right. Yeah. So and then, and then they come in, and you're and you're still trying to put a beat on them like you usually do. Right. And you see part of their soul just evaporate. Yeah. And you're like, all right, let's back off a notch. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah let's yeah. back off just a notch. Like yeah, this. yeah. He, he doesn't need the ass whooping like this today. I'm breaking my toy. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, having the, those partners, you can just try to fucking kill with all your might. I know. I'm getting every time. I'm getting antsy to get back in there. And <laughs> well, that's because I was I was actually going to go snowboarding today because Christmas Day is a good day to snowboard because there's not very many people out on the mountain. Yeah. Well, I slept in just a little bit, but then I, I woke up and I felt good, man. I took my dog for like a three mile walk, and then I was like, all right, I'm going to get a good workout in. You know, I was still kind of thinking about going snowboarding. But I got out there and started working out, and I was like, oh, this feels good. Like, so I was like, I'm going to do a harder workout. I'm like, fuck snowboarding. Like, I just want to work out. You know, so, so I did. I spent some extra time working out instead of going riding. And yeah, because I can tell I'm getting antsy to get back in the train. Yeah. Because it's, it's been about a week because of this little cold thing. And It's funny how that happens. Yeah, dude, I don't, I, I don't like going that long without being on the mat. No. It feels fucking foreign to me. Does, it's man. not by choice. Mm-mm. I mean, it was by choice. It was intelligent. Like I said, I don't want to get everybody sick. Right, right, yeah, right. I, you should not show up and train when you're sick. No. Even if you felt like... Because even come... Like on Sunday... or No, Sunday I, I still didn't feel physically. Like, yeah, I shouldn't wrestle. But Monday, like Christmas Eve... Uh, I feel like physically... I feel like I probably could have trained. Like, okay. Like, I felt good enough. But I still like... Yeah, do I... Should I be... Breathing real heavy and sweating all over everybody. Like, man, maybe not. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I don't know if I'm still fucking contagious or not. So let's let's hold off. You know, until until I feel when I'm coming off of being sick, until I feel like 85, 90 percent, 
I won't train because I just I don't want to pass it on. Yeah. I mean, I can say this. I'm no scientist. I don't know the fucking science behind that. But I figure once I got out of the weeds that far, I'm pretty close to being healed up. The odds of me still passing on the heebie-jeebies are pretty pretty slim. So I would think. Sounds pretty bro science. (laughs) Hey, bro science has got me this far. I know. It's all right. It's all right. So, yeah, man. We good to get you back in there. Yeah, I'm ready. Freaking, we got the keeping the nogi thing going Sundays. Sunday nogi. So we're we'll running just kind of loose all week, just kind of open mat training, right? Yeah. No. Get in there and wrestle. Is Lance in town? Hmm. He didn't come in town for Christmas this year. No, no. Just uh, I think they're just coming in for the summer. Other. No, yeah. This is getting hard. He's got three kids. Yeah. So that's a long trek from Maryland. It's a long trek, yeah, with uh, with a bunch of rugrats in tow. Yeah. So, yeah, so we'll be back this summer. I mean, I, I kind of thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna be here, so I was like, oh, cool, I'm feeling better. It's, you know, holiday season, get back and train. Lance will be here. Yeah, he'll come put an ass whooping on us. I know. I'm not looking forward to it. Next time he comes out. <laughs> so, so what'd you get for Christmas, man? Anything cool? My Hanato Laranja. Rash guard from you guys. That's right. Did you see, I like how their turn address is actually to Hanato Laranja. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's why I left it in the packet or in the, the shipping thing. I'm like, dude, it's I got saw it. that. I just chuckled. I kind of knew it as soon as I saw that. I was like, yes. Yeah. I had idea what this is. Yeah, yeah. We snatched that like last time we had those going a couple months ago. That's, bad, yeah. that's the coolest fucking rash guard I've ever owned. And yeah, dude. That one's fucking awesome. <laughs> Keely's so bad about presents, though. She wanted to give it to you and. She got it, and I was like, no, man, this is a good Christmas present. I don't know what the fuck else I'm going to get that dude either, so <laughs> the grumpy gal still got something for you that I can't reveal, but then you got the gum. With the, uh, does this gum make my ass look big? <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Dude, yeah, we found this candy shop in Vegas. So we stayed there Sunday, all day Sunday, and came home Monday on the way home from uh, Anaheim, and... I was just like Sunday. I was just like, man, in Vegas, you. I realized <clears throat> you gotta, you, you can't try to control your eating too much in Vegas. Like you just gotta go with the flow. And I got myself in trouble, you know, a couple times there, trying to find somewhere good to eat, and you know, blah blah blah. And finally, I just realized, like, fuck it. So we literally walked by this candy store like first thing in the morning. And I think, uh, yeah, so we ended up in, and that's where we found that stuff. But I was like, man, it's, fuck it. It's, you know, kids wanted some candy. It's nine o'clock in the morning. Whatever. It's Vegas, baby. It's Vegas, go for it. Go for it. I was just, yeah, I was done trying to, <laughs> trying to try anymore, man. I wasn't even at that point. So it was funny. But, uh, yeah, so that's where we found your shit. So I'm good. I got two geese, man. Did you? Yeah, dude. Kelly got me here. I'll show them to you. Fuck yeah. We'll do the on-air review. The on-air review is some geese. That's right, man. Our audio-only podcast. That's right. So I got uh, the freaking War Tribe one, the Samurai. Dude, that's badass. Yeah, I like it. It's got the blue. Yeah. Yeah, I like the blue and black. It's a sweet highlight color. And then she got me the King's Nano. Nice. So, yeah, like super lightweight. Yep. She said it's like 
IBJJF legal. I thought you couldn't wear black keys. Can you wear yeah, black keys? Yeah, you can wear black keys nowadays. Right, cool. Thank God. Yep. <clears throat> Not that I didn't believe you, baby. <laughs> I just thought I'd trust the black belt. Yep. Ask well, the black belt. I don't know if you should trust me when it comes to IBJJF rules. There's so no. many of them I don't stay up on them. But yeah, you can wear blue, black, and white keys. Cool. So, that would be a new... Yes, I know, man. Two like, geese. Two geese, yes. Dope, I haven't gotten a new gi. Like, I, I haven't bought a new gi in a while. It's funny. Like, the last new new gi I got, Kevin gave me that flow gi, yeah. the flow kimono gi. And then uh, he's, because Kevin buys gis like crazy. So he's always fucking giving me gis because he's getting more. And he's like, I got to get rid of this one. And he's like, barely worn them or whatever. And so I got a, you know, like probably two or three geese from him over the last year so i haven't needed to buy a new gi and uh so yeah Kelly's like no you just needed a new gi so I was like, thank you baby that's a good jiu-jitsu wife yeah those are good gifts they are these are this is god dude i there was a i was off this christmas that that trip like threw me off like traveling a week in december just throws off your whole christmas like timing because we got back and it was a week from christmas eve it's like, oh shit, dude! Like, it's barely time to do anything, and before you leave, it's like too early to do anything. So, but this was the first year I hadn't gotten uh, Kelly a gi for Christmas, so I feel a little bad. But she's got a bunch of gis. I got her the Google Home Assistant instead. I think it's pretty sweet. It is pretty cool, man. Yeah, sounds cheesy, but like I was, you know, the commercials, and they got the people in the kitchen, and they're got the recipes there, and. You know, she's sitting there using her phone trying to, you know, zoom in on shit for recipes. And I was like, man, that looks like Kelly could use that. So I was pumped. She didn't ask for it. So it was one of those gifts where you're like... A little bit of a gamble. I think she's going to like it. Sometimes it's made for the best gifts. Dude. I like gifts like that to where... I like to get people gifts to... It's usually something they normally wouldn't spend their own money on. Yeah. And that's kind of how I like to think about it. I mean, you can't... Sometimes it is something they really want and they're going to end up buying it. You know, but that that's all cool also, but something kind of you you think will be useful and you hope they will like, like, oh, this might be kind of cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, so she was, and that's what she said. She's like, I didn't know I wanted one of these, but I did. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's sweet. So, yeah, those things are pretty cool. And I, I, when it comes to technology and shit like that, I like that kind of stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, so. I'm slowly getting my house set up. You know, because I, I got I got an Alexa and I went and bought the hub, and I got all the different switches, mm. and so I can just tell Alexa to shut different lights on. And I I got one of those keypad electric door you know deadbolts for my front door, mm-hmm. so I can just say, "Hey, Alexa, lock the front door." Boom, it locks my front door, and shit like that. And I, I got several, almost all, like eighty percent of the lights in my house are all hooked up through this, you know, through. So I don't have to. I can set up different scenes. You know, and different shit, and I don't have to touch a fucking light switch. I can just say, Alexa, turn this light on. I turn that light off. <laughs> it's fucking Whoa, cool. dude. It's, just, it's like the Jetsons, dude. Pretty it's fucking sweet, man. Badass. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's the next step. Kelly wanted to look at that because they got these smart light bulbs. Yep. You can do it two different ways. You can do like the, you can get the Z Wave switches. Mm hmm. But, you know, those you got to fucking take out your old switch and wire that one in. And then that's a little more pain in the ass. Now they got all those those Phillips Hughes bulbs, mm-hmm. which that makes it super fucking easy, dude. You just put a bulb in, and the bulb talks to it. Yeah, and uh, that's that's the way to go. I see. I got quite a few before those bulbs were popular because I put these switches in my house like, oh man, like eight years ago, 
I had, I, I had, I've had these Z-Wave switches because yeah. I, I put, I had a home security system in in my house when I was traveling a lot for work. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was working back in the patch, and so yeah, I had all those switches set up in my house to where I could like unlock and lock my house no matter where I'm at in the fucking world as long as I got an internet connection. I'd get on the app and lock doors, unlock doors, you know, monitor shit. Yeah. And so I've had those switches because I installed them myself. And then, but balls weren't, they had them back then, but they weren't real. They were still kind of clunky and they didn't work real good. The switches were the way yeah. to go. But now, dude, like it's so cheap. Like you can get that, you know, the Alexa, you don't even need Alexa. You could just you get a smart things hub for like 70 bucks and you get your fucking light bulbs that are like $10 a piece. If you get the dimmer ones, they're like 15 a piece. The colored ones cost more. You screw those into your light bulb socket and you're up and running, dude. You can control your shit with your phone and... You can, you, you can have it set up too, man, like certain timers or like it'll recognize when you get home. When you pull in your driveway, your phone knows you get home. Yeah. And so then you're like, you don't want to walk into a dark house. And so your phone will be like, oh, you just pulled in. Let's turn your kitchen light on, living room light on. Yeah. You know, and then huh. you can set it all. It's like location based yeah, or time yeah. based. It's, you can fucking nerd out on it, man. It's pretty cool. Huh. Well, there you go. Kelly will be. Picking your brain. Oh, I'll help her out. I mean, the bulbs look good, but I mean, we've got like a million bulbs in our living room there. So we've got all those ceiling bulbs that. Uh, Just do the switch. Yeah. The switch would be the way to go. Yeah, the switch is probably the way to go. And for... the switches, I mean, you can get the switch nowadays for, I think the switch is like 30 bucks. Yeah. Yep. All right. 30 or 40 bucks, you can get the switch. There you go. That'll be one of my New Year's resolutions is to go Jetsons. It's, it's, so I can just it's cool. Tell Google to do it all. Yep. So there you go, man. You see, technology making us softer and softer by the minute. It is, you man. You need to get up and shut the shop. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. But I know it's uh, yeah, it's all right. Sometimes I don't want to. Nope. So hey, that you know, I got no other enlightening things to talk about. No, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot else either on my end, man. Just uh, having good holidays so far. Kids had a good Christmas. Charlotte got a new iPad. Z got a bunch of freaking... But she scores iPads. It's funny. I haven't bought her a single iPad yet. She, like, has them. She won one at Bananas, or, or uh, not Bananas, the roller skating place. I think we told you that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, one of those machines where you're like, no one ever wins this fucking thing. She's like... She called, she was at a friend's birthday party and we got a call because they, they had to have a parent's permission to give it to her because she was, you know, like 11 years old or whatever at the time. And so anyways, and then, uh, yeah, my stepdad got a new one. So gave her the one with the stylus so she can draw and get her animation thing going. So you guys can check out shilohsart.com. She posts new stuff every week. Sign up for a newsletter so you can say you knew her when. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Random shit. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's, uh, that's about it. I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna play my Assassin's Creed game and kill a bunch of people. Kill a bunch of things and help people. It's one of those games where, like, how you interact and you're just, like, you can be good or bad. So, and it's funny, dude. I'm such a... I, I, I can't even be bad on a video game. Like, I can. Like, the first time I play it through, like, I... I don't know. I, I, I just, I gotta do the fucking good thing. I'm a goddamn hero. You know, that's what heroes do. And I can play it through, <clears throat> I'll play it through the second time and like, do it. But I still, it's weird, man. There's something in me like, I don't like when it's like, do you want to kill this person or let him go? 
And it's like, God damn, really? I gotta, like, fucking kill this person? Like, ugh, alright, ugh. You know what's funny about that? Like, when I'm playing a game like that at my house, and it's, it's on my console, and it's with my character, like, I'll do the same. Like, I, I try to choose a good route, because I'm trying to build build my character. When I was at my brother's last weekend, I was playing Red Dead Redemption. Okay. The first one or the new one? The new one. Yeah. And and I'm playing his character, and he's got it all built up. He's been playing it for a while now. So I'm just going to Botchery on the fucking Right, right, right. And so I went just outside of town, and I was going to set up a, instead of a carjacking operation, it was a carriage jacking operation. So I rode my horse just out of town to like a main road, and there was any, any time a horse and carriage came by, I was fucking jacking him. <laughs> he's like, dude, you're killing my fucking character. I had warrants. Then I had to ride around all the post office and pay off pay off all my bounties and shit because I racked up all these fucking. <laughs> he made you go pay off your bounties. <laughs> he's like, dude, you can't you rack those up. You got to go off. pay off. All the <laughs> he's like, I don't want to spend two hours riding around all the different post office paying off the fucking bounties. <laughs> <laughs> so then I had to ride around and pay them all off. Like, God damn it. That's funny, man. Yeah, yeah see, something like I would, like on a game like that, like uh, Grand Theft Auto. Where you're just like, all right, I'm just going to run around and just jack fools and do shit. I don't know. It's different. Like, I, I, I have fun doing that. But because there's like moments in the game where they're like, you, you have to choose. Like, do you want to do this or do you want to do that? And it's like, man, fuck. That's where, you know, you got to. I don't know. There's just something in me. Even like killing shit on a video game, man. It's still like just just weird. But that's why I like the, the, like the God of War. Or Doom. Yeah. To where you're killing like zombies and monsters Dude, and totally, shit. totally, totally, totally. I, I like that because it's yeah. just ultra violent and yeah. aggressive. Dude, yeah, like that Far Cry Primal, like that was the worst thing about that. And it's the same thing with this game, right? Is it's, it's it's before guns. Dude, smoking, even that, like smoking people with a gun is a completely different thing than running around with a goddamn club in your hand fucking bashing their head in. It's like even like on a game, it like after a while, like, I gotta be honest, I got a little tired of it. I was just like, <laughs> God damn, like I just, I, I just bashing people's fucking heads in with a club <laughs> that at close range. You know what I mean? Like, dude, having a gun and running around and shooting them and shit is like a, again, it's a different experience. But it's funny, man. I mean, that shit. It, it's in the game. It's like, I mean, man, it, it taps into the real shit. It's the same thing in real life. Like, war was a totally different thing when you were lining up with swords and shields and, you know, fucking going at it against the other guys lined up with swords and shields, but you got fucking guns into the mix. and Being, being able to kill somebody at a distance, Ooh, the change, distance man. changes the perspective greatly. Hugely, yeah, yeah. greatly. Yeah. Greatly, yeah. so, it's, uh, but yeah, no, the, like, uh, Halo, like where you're shooting fucking aliens, yeah, yeah I love that, where it's like, I don't have any remorse for this, yeah. like, not at all, like, kill them all. But, uh, anyways, but then they start fucking telling the story and making you feel bad for them. And it's like, God damn it, I don't want to know that. I just want to kill things that, like zombies. There you go. So that's why people like zombies. You can't feel bad about killing a zombie. It's like, zombies are zombie. It's already dead, man. You're just doing it a favor. So that's the best kind of things where you're doing them a favor. So. Anyways, I'm going to kill people anyways. <laughs> All that said, man. That's my plan for the rest of the day. So. I think that's about the extent of my plans, going home playing God of War. Yeah, get a little training in later. and uh, People training in that? I don't know, no, me. I'm going to work out. Oh. So, just do some ramping ISOs. And uh, 
And yeah, going tomorrow and train jujitsu. So, what time do you guys train tomorrow? Tomorrow, I assume tomorrow evening we're just gonna do like open mat style. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I mean, class is supposed to start at 5 30, so I'm still planning on being somewhere around 5 30, 6 o'clock, and then uh, yeah, see who shows up. We'll see. I some rolls hope, man, I'm hoping I don't get sent to tell you right tomorrow. They got winter storm warning. Oh, really? It's supposed to snow down there like a motherfucker. Yeah, Start of the day. Uh, yeah. That does suck. Yeah. Yeah. Do we had, uh, what, Saturday the guys from Rifle came in mm-hmm. and rolled? And uh, Sunday, the Montrose, TJ's crew, uh, they trained at the CrossFit place. Yeah. 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 They came down and rolled with a Sunday. So they seem to like to show up on Nogi Day, but. It's cool having all the schools coming down, driving, fucking train with us. So. Yeah, we don't have to drive. They yeah. can train with us. Yeah, yeah. It's good. <laughs> yeah, good change, man. Yeah, we go drive, and now people are coming checking us out. So, yeah. all right, cool. well, let's, let's wrap it up, up man. And, Merry uh, Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yes. It'll we'll, be. Uh, no, yeah, it'll be. What's today? This is Tuesday. Oh yeah. So when this episode comes out, it'll only be a couple days from now. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll still between be, Christmas and New Year's. It'll still be 2017. So. Yeah. We'll have our New Year's episode between here and there where yeah. we'll look back on the previous year, laugh at ourselves, make some more ridiculous fucking promises. I don't know if I'm going to fucking make any resolutions this year. That's your resolution? It's not, not, to, make not to make resolutions? We'll sell on that one last. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out between now and now. Rob needs goals. That's all resolutions are. It's just fucking goals, goals, man. I goals anyways. Yeah, exactly. I don't need some arbitrary day in the year to tell me it's better to pursue these goals or not that's what we talked about last year too is yeah. like for a lot of people it means something different than for us because we're constantly like looking kind of self-correcting or you know making goals and stuff like for some people this is it this is like the one day in the year that they sit down and they go like oh fuck what do i want to accomplish so you know that's just that's my excuse for why well you know i was talking to say yeah we're just before we went off for christmas break here and She's like, yeah, she was just kind of stressed out. She's like, yeah, I'm just ready for this year to be over and get a fresh start. And I, I, I didn't want to get into like a deep conversation with her. I was like, but in my mind, she's sitting there going on and on about this. How she can't just wait for the new year. And I was thinking to myself, like, what are you going to do different? Right. When that calendar rolls over to January 1st that you're not doing right that you're doing right now. Yeah. Like, what, what's going to be so different? Like, what, what major habit are you going to change from now and then? It's seven days from now. Yeah. What are you going to change? It's just a, yeah. It's just a fucking other day. Oh, dude. And it's like wasting all these days waiting for it. Yeah, yeah. So so people do that and like, oh, fuck it. There's only six days left in this year, so let's just go ham. Yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> this year sucks, man. <laughs> this year sucks. It's over. It's over. I've Made already far. Fuck it. mailed the rest of this year in. <laughs> done. I'm done. We'll start I'll we'll take start my cleaning. D- minus and fucking... <laughs> Start fresh next semester. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Like, what are you going to do different? Yeah. So, well. We'll talk shit about that next time. Exactly. Exactly. All right. All right. We're out, man. See you fuckers later. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now, so get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week.
permanent rep I heard me now Doggy school, foggy cool Got a froggy outside Molly dude Now they're calling Daisy Duke Hanging by the lace of their shoes No trace of the tools Shaped in your face, fuck the rules Snooze you lose One eye always open, it times two No clue, but soon a brief monsoon Might give you a view to choose Stay tuned, include, won't conclude To the end is near beware There's consequences for what you do To me and demon The devil of many levels I keep on feeding For several of them rebels Me, myself, he died